Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. No matter what the culture says, and no matter what those in high places may say, God says, here's my law, here's righteousness, here's holiness. Now, we're not saved by good works, we're not saved by our own efforts, but if we just say we're going to live in the pig pen the way we want to live, you're not headed in the right direction. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. When we make the choice to accept the gift God extends to us and become forevermore His children, we take on a lifestyle that would have been foreign to us before. We are suddenly set apart from the world and are called to live a life focused on God. It seems easy in the beginning, but the influence of the world can creep in and take over. Pastor Ed cautions us today against letting who we used to be continue to be who we are with Christ and encourages us to let Christ guide our steps and focus our hearts. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, Get Up and Keep On Keeping On. Absolutely overwhelmed at the wars and the bloodshed and all that's going to go on. And God is simply saying, this life is about suffering. Look what Jesus suffered. And then look what he told us. Follow me. As he was in the world, so are we. But you could see the pressure that God puts even on his people. If you look at verse 7 of chapter 12 in Daniel, it says this. I'm only going to read a portion of it. But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. And he goes on and he's speaking about the end when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. And all these things will have happened. He's speaking about an incredible increase of knowledge. Isaac Newton read this passage of scripture and he says, you know, I believe this is referring to the very last days. And he goes on to say, men may be traveling incredible speeds, going from country to country, 50 miles an hour or more. And Voltaire read that, what Isaac Newton said, and he criticized Isaac Newton. He says, see what the Bible could do to you? <laughs> Make you think crazy thoughts. Well, if you go on a spaceship today, you're an astronaut, you're going to go 18,000 miles an hour, not 50 miles an hour. I mean, you, you think about trains and you think about planes, three hours from New York to Paris. Incredible. Well, he has this revelation of what's happening when many will rush here and they're just going, traveling, and knowledge will increase. I think about 
all the books I have in my house. My wife keeps on wanting me to give them away because I have all of that and more on my computer. (laughs) But I'm so used to paper. You have whole libraries on a CD-ROM or a or a DVD, amazing knowledge is increasing. You just put in a search in Google, on Google on some subject, and I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of uh, references and connections come on information. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But let me ask you, with all the knowledge that's increasing, with all we know about sociology and anthropology and psychology, Bible tells us that things are going to get worse. Everything is leading to a climatic war, the war of Armageddon. The problem is more than just knowledge. The problem is we live in a fallen world with a fallen nature. And We're going to see wars and rumors of wars throughout history. Look at this last verse. He says, when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. Think about how God has again disciplined his people, the Jewish people, and even believers, all that they've gone through. And you sometimes wonder why, but he's talking about Israel, especially here, They're going to experience a breaking during the time of the Antichrist. Why? So that they will cry out in repentance and recognize Jesus as their Messiah. There's something about brokenness and suffering that helps us to look to God. Now, it says the wicked... Will you be wicked? That's what he's asking. Or will you be wise? Will you be wicked? In verse 10, again, many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials, but the wicked will continue in their wickedness. In other words, if you look at the tribulation period, you see that they don't repent when God sends judgment. You look at wickedness as it increases in our nation, more and more people get on the bandwagon. More and more people shake their fist towards God. Wickedness increases. In Revelation 22, 11, the last chapter of the last book of the Bible, let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let whom is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. You see this attitude where suffering And the tragedies and the things that happen because man goes away from God, it turns the humble, the child of God, back to God. But it hardens the heart of the person who refuses to follow God. You look at the trouble in our world, the trouble in our nation. Instead of it bringing us to our knees... It creates anger in people who refuse to serve God and they just turn against Christians. Isn't that true? You see, 
Will you be wicked? He asked the question. Or will you be wise? Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. Only those who are wise who'll know what it means. What happens is as you go through your trials, you say, oh man, I'm going through this. I can't lean on the arm of flesh. Hello? I can't trust in what everybody else trusts in. My trust is in God. Boy, life is frail. Lord, teach me to number my days so I might apply my heart to wisdom. See, when the trial comes to the believer, it refines him, it purifies him, it develops her, it sanctifies her. When the trials come to the wicked, they just angry with God. Think about in the book of Daniel. The trials come. Will Daniel and his friends defile themselves with the king's food? No, they're not going to do it. And so their faith is tested, and God meets them. Will they worship the image made of gold? No, even if they have to go into the fiery furnace. So we won't worship the gods that our nation worships. We won't worship the gods that our nation bows down to. We'll worship the Lord and him alone. Even if it means being thrown in a lion's den. Even if it means being in the fiery furnace of life. See, what is being communicated in this book is that in the midst of trials and trouble, we open our windows towards heavenly Jerusalem and we pray daily to the Lord and we look to him from whence cometh our help. I like the way First Peter puts it. And here's the English Standard Version of 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 to 2. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. Every trial traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. The journey of faith they're suffering, Daniel. Daniel, get up. Keep on going, Daniel. Keep on going, Daniel. The journey of faith is about your salvation. It's about your salvation. Many, isn't this a powerful verse tucked there in the Old Testament? I mean, it's one of the most beautiful verses describing the last day for the believer. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting disgrace. There's a resurrection coming. Daniel, there's the end of the days. It's going to come. And there's going to be a resurrection, some raised to life, some raised to disgrace and judgment eternal. In verse 1, they talk about a book. In verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, but at the time your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. I remember some of the old hymns that we used to sing and 
Uh, there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, and it's mine. I forget how it goes, but I know that was part of it. I, I'm grateful that my name's written in the book of life. Are you grateful that your name is written in the book of life? Amen. In Revelation 10, 15, and 21, 7, it talks about that book. You see these parallels between Daniel and Revelation. They go together. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. And then in Revelation 22, 27, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Our names could be written in that book of life when we accept Christ and we believe that Jesus died on the cross for us. There is a real heaven. There is a real hell. So much of our preaching, and, and I'm not speaking against necessarily this, but I don't think we're balanced. So much of our preaching is dealing with how do you get through tomorrow? How do you get through today? And that's surely important. But it leaves out that there's tomorrow's tomorrow, which is heaven. And there's how. And you can't avoid suffering in this world if the Savior didn't, and the apostles didn't, and his followers didn't. We're not certainly going to if we're going to follow him. It's about suffering. It's about salvation. The most important thing in all of life is not that your son or daughter graduates from Princeton or Harvard or Yale or wherever. It's not that they have a six-pane income, it's a figure income. It's not that you accomplish notoriety. It's that your name's written in the book of life. Hallelujah. The question that we have to ask ourselves, if our name is written there, will it remain there? I'm just reminding you we're Arminian in theology. (laughs) It's in the book. It's in the Bible. Will your name remain in the book? The Lord is speaking to Moses. Moses uh, has come down. The people are sinning, and God's going to destroy them all. And and Moses says, listen, take my name out of your book if you're going to destroy them. And, And God responds to him in this way. He says, the Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Think of that. And Ezekiel gives more insight even to that passage of Scripture. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 24 and 26, but if a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things that the wicked man does, will he live? None of the righteous things he has done will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness he is guilty of and because of the sins he has committed. He will die. If a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits sin, he will die for it. Because of the sin he has committed, he will die. What Ezekiel is saying, what God is saying, is that if a person turns their back on God, well, now you don't have to do that. You could still go to church and still live the way you want to live. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. God's law is eternal. And his word is true. If we follow him, 
We're going to have to follow his word. No matter what the culture says. And no matter what those in high places may say. God says. Here's my law. Here's righteousness. Here's holiness. Now we're not saved by good works. We're not saved by our own efforts. But. If we just say we're going to live in the pig pen the way we want to live, you're not headed in the right direction. And God, in his word, he warns in Revelation 3, 5, He who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot his name from the book of life. That's God's promise. That's God's promise. In First. Peter 1.9, it says, the goal of your faith is the salvation of your souls. Now, I, I wish I had another five minutes because I'm coming to the shouting part. <laughs> the journey of faith is really not just about suffering, not just about salvation, but it's about service. This verse is so Beautiful. Verse 13 again. As for you, go your way till the end. Now, I just have this image of my mind. Maybe Daniel will be like Ed Cole. Ed Cole is a member of our church. He, turns a, he turned 100 years of age this year. He drives on his own. He walks around on his own. He, he thinks clear. Uh, maybe Daniel was like that. And so, so Daniel's 90 years old or thereabouts. And God just says, Go ahead, Daniel, get on your way. And Daniel just begins to realize, I got to live. You must live. No matter what the trials are, no matter what the difficulties are, you have to live out your life for God. What he's saying is, Daniel, don't worry all about the future. Remember, God has the world in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. He's got you and me, brother, in his hand. God was with Daniel from the time he was a teenager to the time he was an old man. Think back on your journey. God's been with you all through the journey. And so God is saying, I've watched over you. I was reading a story about a Christian family and they were really committed to missions. And every month, they would get a missions magazine, and in that missions magazine, it would feature children. And it would tell one of that child's stories, maybe from their perspective or a story about them. And so the family would pray, especially for the favorite story. So they would read through, and they would think of the person related to that favorite story, and the Kids would gather around and they would pray for that child who wrote the favorite story that month. Well, one month, they happened to see a child, a young boy, with a monkey there. And, and they thought that monkey was so cute and that's why they liked the story, so they prayed for that child. And so they would pray and sort of stuck in their minds and they prayed after that month and prayed for a while on. And later on, this one woman, she would as she grew up and became a mature woman, she would think about that occasionally. And so her parents died. And they went back to their homestead to clean out the house. And as they went to clean out the house, 
There was that bag of seed. And so her family's there, and she says, throw out that magazine. And her husband said, no, not throwing out that magazine. That's my magazine. She said, what do you mean? She said, well, I was, you remember my parents were missionaries. And I was featured in that magazine with my pet monkey. <laughs> and his wife got so excited, she put her arms around him. She just started praising the Lord and saying, wow, I never told you about that. Now, I'm sure that couple, they had been married nearly 20 years, went through their ups and downs and trials and all sorts of things, but to know that God had planned for them to be together. See, God knows all about the journey. And he says to Daniel, Daniel, go in faith. Walk in faith. Keep on keeping on. And then he says, you must die. <laughs> now, it's not said with like, when he says you will rest. In other words, that's, he's talking about death. And do you know that um, the English word cemetery, it means literally uh, where people sleep? He was saying, Daniel, you're going to die, but it's like a rest. Now, he's not teaching soul sleep, because when we die, we go into the presence of the Lord, but our body is still in the earth. And one day there'll be a resurrection, and that body will be reunited with our soul. And we'll experience a resurrection. That's what he was talking about in verse 1. But look at the way it ends. You must live. You must die. But I love this. You will rise. You will rise. You will rise. Verse 13. At the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Whoa. Everything you've done. Your service, your commitment, your work, your giving, everything. He keeps record. It's in his books. You finish the race. In that day, that final day, God will call you and you will rise from that grave. And then he goes on to say something else. He, I, this is earlier in verse 3. It says this, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. Those who lead many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. Now, I know that you go to the supermarkets and you look at those tabloids there and you look at this star and that star and you wind up thinking about the football stars and the baseball stars and the soccer stars and then of course the superstars and and you watch you know the academy awards and and everything but listen that's passing who was you know Last year's superstars or 10 years ago or 50 years ago you don't remember but you know what it says? You're going to be a star. You will shine like the stars in the heaven. And that is forever. 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 Not a temporary mention on a tabloid. Not a temporary mention on the nightly news. I mean, you may spend whatever it is, $30,000 to have your name on that walkway, a star, but I'm telling you, that, that'll be worn out. Who knows what will happen to all of those forgotten. But God's going to put your name up. He's going to put you up in a sense. You will shine 
like stars. The book of Daniel has some of the most loved stories in the whole of the Bible. We all remember the story of Daniel in the lion's den, a wonderful story of God's deliverance. Each day here on Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching through the book of Daniel. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and spend some time getting to know us. There you can find today's message. The only thing you need to remember is today's date. Again, to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith and to access the archive of messages, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We invite you to join us again for the next edition of Building in Faith. On behalf of Pastor Ed, Faith Assembly, and the entire production team, we want to say thank you for joining us and come back next time for another edition of Building in Faith. Your word restored.